Finding a service solution that helps you keep customers happy can feel impossible. Just like trying to remember the name of that guy you literally just met at a networking event. HubSpot's all-new Service Hub can help, with the service solution part at least. It brings service and success together on one powerful platform, with an AI-powered help desk and chatbot to handle your frontline tickets, so you can scale support and drive retention and revenue. Visit HubSpot.com service to learn more. What's going on, everyone? It's Wednesday, July 13th. I'm Zachary Crockett. I'm here with Rob Litterst. What's up, Zach? And this is the Hustle Daily Show. In today's episode, Subway. They've been embroiled in a pretty big tuna scandal for years, and that's finally coming to the head in the courts. And spoiler alert here, the chain's tuna might not actually be tuna, or maybe it is. We're going to talk through the long, very strange history of lawsuits against Subway. But before we get into that, let's do a quick rundown of the latest in tech and business news. Walmart is buying 4,500 canoes, and that's not the boat. That's a company that sells electric vehicles called LDVs. Walmart has the option to buy up to 10,000 of them, and canoes shares jumped over 100% Tuesday morning on that news. Amazon is partnering with the Fred Hutchinson Cancer Research Center to provide scientific and machine learning expertise to an FDA-approved clinical trial for breast and skin cancer vaccines. Didn't see that one coming. And a glitch with Honda's key fobs may allow hackers to remotely unlock cars. Security researchers say that the vulnerability could apply to all currently existing Honda models, including my car. <laughs> it's called the Rolling Pawn Attack. That's spelled P-W-N. And it uses standard radio equipment you can buy at the store to capture codes and rebroadcast them back to the cars. Honda says it can't confirm yet if those attacks are credible, but creepy stuff there. Netflix is renegotiating contracts with studios for an ad-supported tier. The deals they have in place are designed for commercial free streaming. And the studios that Netflix is talking to, Universal, Sony Pictures, and Warner Brothers among them, they're looking for 15 to 30% premiums to participate in those ad-supported tiers. The euro and the US dollar are at parity for the first time in 20 years. Fears of a recession, inflation, and energy uncertainty around Russia have brought the euro down, and that's good news for Americans with plans to travel to Europe this summer, but it could spell bad news for economic global stability. And lastly, some good news. NASA released a bunch of new full-color photos from its powerful telescope, including one that reveals thousands of galaxies, despite only covering a spot in the sky the size of a grain of sand. Really puts things into perspective. All right, let's get into Subway. Rob, there's a lot going on with Subway here, but one thing that happened recently is this lawsuit over its tuna sandwiches is slowly being resolved in the courts, right? Yes. Yeah, so Subway is having some serious tuna trouble. And <laughs> honestly, like this whole thing, I'm kind of anxious about this because I ate a lot of Subway at a certain point in my life. <laughs> and thankfully that ship has sailed. But what point was it? College years? College years, post-college years, if you drive down a certain stretch along the East Coast on certain highways, subways are probably like the most common food offering in gas stations. And right. so there, there have been a lot of road trips where Subway was kind of my dashboard dining choice. And I've had a lot of different types of meats at Subway. And so some of this news is a bit concerning to me. <laughs> 
But um, as far as Subway's tuna trouble goes, you mentioned it at the top. So they've been embroiled in this lawsuit. And the story of how the lawsuit started is actually worth mentioning because it's actually kind of ridiculous. So a disgruntled customer had eaten about 100 Subway tuna sandwiches between 2013 and 2019 and decided to have a marine biologist analyze 20 (laughs) tuna samples from the restaurant, right? Are you kidding me? Okay. Insane. A marine biologist. You don't think that's probably what you're going to school to be a marine biologist for, but hey, it's it's probably <laughs> one of the more interesting use cases. And ultimately, this marine biologist found that 19 of these samples had no detectable tuna DNA sequences. No. Okay. Literally no tuna, which just seems absolutely ridiculous. But it kicked off a series of events, right? So as you can expect, Subway got very defensive they released a statement saying essentially that our tuna is tuna. They created a dedicated website called Subway Tuna Facts, where it (laughs) talks about how their tuna is 100% tuna. And they've been running all sorts of commercials talking about how they serve 100% tuna. Besides that, they argued to the courts that any presence of non-tuna DNA could be due to cross-contamination with other ingredients at the restaurant. Okay, a little mingling with the turkey and stuff. Exactly. But the weird thing is, so like you, you would expect that with some ingredients, and I think that's what the judge in this case ended up seeing. So there were a few ingredients that the judge kind of agreed, it's okay for this to be in tuna, right? So those are ingredients like mayonnaise and bread, which you would expect to kind of come up as samples within this tuna. But the crazy thing is this marine biologist found all of these things in the tuna that you would not ultimately expect to be in a tuna product. Like 19 of the samples had chicken DNA. In wow. Them. I think 11 had pork and seven had beef. And so ultimately the judge didn't rule out Subway's explanation, but determined that some of those ingredients are not things that a reasonable consumer would expect to find wow. in a tuna product. So the argument here is the judge is going to allow this case to move forward. Correct. Exactly. So the judge essentially ruled that Subway is still eligible to be sued for misleading customers about (laughs) its ingredients and its claim of 100% tuna. You have to wonder like what the hell they're doing with their tuna. Seriously. I think, you know, we've talked about like lab-based meat and like cell-grown meat and stuff like that. It's like, what is going on in there? (laughs) And you bring up a really interesting point because this is not Subway's first run-in with sketchy ingredients in their food. So previous investigations into Subway sandwich stations include one in 2017 when Canadian researchers essentially looked at five different fast food chains, chicken samples to see how much chicken they contained. And four out of the five fast food chains, which included McDonald's actually, which has been accused of serving pink slime in their chicken nuggets. What is pink slime? (laughs) They lost me at pink slime. I didn't want to look any further because just like Subway, I've consumed enough chicken nuggets to be disgusted (laughs) myself. Fair enough. But ultimately they found that Subway's chicken between the samples they collected only contained about 50% chicken. And all Mm. of the other fast food chains were up around 85 to 89%. The other one is in 2020 when a judge ruled that Subway's bread isn't actually bread due to its high sugar content, and Mm. it should actually be classified as confectionery, which I haven't even really seen that word labeled in food in a while. I think that kind of means that it's like candy or something, right? My gosh. So like a 
like a dessert loaf or something. <laughs> a donut, basically. <laughs> so it doesn't classify, like there's a certain definition of what constitutes bread and its sugar content is too high to qualify as bread. Exactly. And that that was actually wow. a ruling by an Irish judge, I believe. And I think, you know, <laughs> Irish soda bread, I think they're pretty strict about their bread. Right, over right. There. So it doesn't really surprise me. They faced a couple of those lawsuits before. And I think you told me your favorite lawsuit is the one around the $5 foot long, right? Oh, yeah. There was a lawsuit in 2013, this Australian teenager, it caused this kind of international uproar when he measured a footlong sandwich and it was only 11 inches. <laughs> it's genius. It is. There was a class action false advertising lawsuit around this and it resulted in a pretty small settlement, I think something like $500,000 and a couple of weeks of bad press, but they have since really put some extra checks and balances on their sandwich length. <laughs> Yeah. And what this is indicative of to me, like it's these class action lawsuits have been rising like crazy for Mm -hmm. years. Like there are all of these class action lawsuits. I was looking at this food industry insider article earlier today, and I think we actually did a piece on this in 2020, but the number of class action lawsuits against food and beverage companies has just been rising steadily every Mm. single year. And a lot of it is about claims for ingredients, Mm. like determining is that ingredient actually in this thing or not? You know, so the payouts can be super lucrative. Like you just mentioned the $500,000 one for the $5 foot long, which Mm -hmm. I mean, that's absolutely insane. Right. For measuring a sandwich. Yeah. Right. Right. But that being said, you know, if your tuna isn't tuna, your chicken isn't chicken and your bread isn't bread, there's probably something deeper (laughs) at the root there. People want to know what's in their food. Right. We have kind of a hipster movement where you know the name of the sheep you're eating at a restaurant or something. You know exactly what farm the meat is coming from or that it's a single cut that's coming from a single source or a single animal. Totally. And fast food companies are pretty much on the polar opposite of the spectrum on these issues and they're starting to get called out for it. A hundred percent. This kind of reminds me of the huge drama around their $5 foot long too. The $5 foot long was like quintessential Subway. It's the jingle. It really is. Yeah. It made the company. And really, it was one of the most successful food promotions in history, I think. Revenue for $5 foot longs topped $4 billion. Oh my God. And according to many analysts, it was, you know, one of the most successful promotions in the history of American cuisine. But it became this huge controversy with franchise owners. So a lot of Subway restaurants are owned by individual franchisees. It's one of the easiest franchises to get into. It's very cheap cost of entry compared to other franchises. It's also just the biggest franchise in the world. I think they have like 20,000 franchised restaurants around the 100 countries. But Subway really wanted to hang on to this promotion. Over the years, obviously, inflation goes up. The cost of labor goes up. The cost of rent goes up. The cost of ingredients goes up. And it becomes untenable at a certain point to sell these $5 sandwiches for a profit. And in the mid-2000s, the franchisees started pushing back In 2012, it started getting phased out. I think it disappeared around 2012. And all this bad stuff happened to Subway, that length of the sandwich lawsuit that we talked about. And then obviously, Jared Fogle was accused of possessing child pornography. Their spokesperson, man. Was sentenced to 16 years in federal prison. Probably like the worst thing that could possibly happen. PR nightmare. And the company in 2016 posted its first net decline in its 40-year-long franchising history. So they started running in all this trouble. And their solution was to bring back the $5 foot long in 2017. 
But by then, there was no way that these franchisees could make a profit on the sandwich. If you work out the math, they're taking a big L on that. Right. You made a great point. So from what I understand, there's an awesome John Oliver video on Subway that he put out, I think, in May. And he was talking about this, how Subway expanded so quickly because it's so easy to open a Subway restaurant. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The fees are so much lower than, say, like a McDonald's. Like, I think to open a Subway, you need like 250 to 400K. And for McDonald's, it's like closer to two and a half million to three and a half million or something like that. Right, exactly. So McDonald's has a lot of institutional investors and like companies that are essentially running their locations while Subway is run by, you know, families and individual owners. Mm -hmm. Where Subway gets its money back is, on these fees that it charges. So it charges these kind of monthly and annual fees from all of its franchisees Mm -hmm. that are higher than any of these other fast food chains. And so you take that and then you compound it with the fact that the math behind a $5 footlong just doesn't work out. And all of a sudden you're looking at an economic equation that just doesn't really work. Spot on. Subway is the cheapest franchise to open, but they take the highest percentage of royalties of any franchise, 12.5% of sales. Wow. That might not sound like a lot, but it's in the food business, you're running on pretty thin margins. That's a lot of money. And then when you're on top of that, like you said, when you're asking them to take a loss on these $5 footlongs just because it's good for marketing, people weren't happy about that. Franchisees in 2020 actually filed a complaints with the FTC that they were being bullied into honoring a promotion that is unprofitable. Wow. So in that John Oliver segment, there's literally a uh, franchisee that looked like it looked like a witness protection interview. <laughs> like his face was blacked out. And I think he was talking about this and felt like he had to make these decisions on the promotion. It seemed pretty scary, yeah. honestly. Franchise life can be very vindictive. There are a lot of rules about speaking out against the brand and being a good ambassador for the brand and following all these rules. And you're sold this vision of being your own boss, being your own owner, but it's kind of like driving for Uber. You're still beholden to the broader laws of the corporation. And uh, if they want you to do something, sometimes you have to do it, whether you like it or not. Totally. So, I mean, the thing I'm taking away from this, I guess, is Subway's in a lot of heat. They literally, every component of their sandwich has been questioned at this point. The bread, the meat, (laughs) the length of the sandwich. I think the thing that is crazy about all of this is Subway's positioning forever has been that it's like the healthy alternative, right? Like that was the whole thing with Jared Fogel. The guy was eating Subway, lost a ton of weight. And he was the spokesperson kind of showing, here's what you can do if you eat Subway or whatever. I was influenced by that, right? Like it's a sandwich. Mm. It's not like fried chicken or, you know, whatever you're getting at your local fast food burger joint. And it's just interesting with all this coming out. It's like, you know, is Subway any healthier than any other mm. fast food chain? Like, is it actually the least healthy fast food chain? It's it's kind of hard to tell. Like, you have no idea what's going on with this. And when it's been compared, like, apples to apples with other fast food chains for what their ingredients are, they've lost. Like, it's just crazy, man. I mean, I will not be eating at a Subway anytime soon. There's actually another reason for that. So one of my favorite restaurants up where my parents live in New Hampshire was torn down or replaced with a Subway huh. a few years back. And that left a bad taste in my mouth to begin with. So I, I've already had a little bit of a vendetta against Subway. And now I think I'm, I'm all out. <laughs> what about you? Do you have a Subway history to begin with? I did partake in college. I mean, yep. when you're in the middle of nowhere and you have you know all the typical fast food offerings, McDonald's, Jack in the Box, whatever, and there's a Subway there, you, you just impulsively think like, 
the subway is the healthiest option for me. Right. It's, it's the best thing for me. I'm just going to do that. So I've always thought the same thing too. But What'll really kill me is if a report comes out about their turkey, I'm going to be just <laughs> done for. Cause that's what I usually ate. Turkey sandwich with some sun chips, yeah. call it a day. If there's a report on their turkey being 100% pork or <laughs> something else, who knows? That'll really rattle me. If I find anything out, I'm not going to tell you. Keep that one on the down low. All right, man. All right, well, that's going to do it for us today. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Hustle Daily Show. We're a proud part of the HubSpot Podcast Network. Our editor today was Robert Hartwig and our executive producer, Darren Clark. If you liked what you heard, we've got a lot more tech and business coverage over at our newsletter. You can sign up at thehustle.co. Have a terrific rest of your Wednesday and we'll catch you all tomorrow.